You can support the Dungeon Masters Dojo in some very simple ways. Be patronizing, like Lou, and become a patron on Patreon and unlock exclusive patron content. Or if you're like Scott and long-term commitment is an issue, you can buy a Sasaki, shop our merch page for DMD swag, or use our drive-through RPG affiliate link next time you shop drive-through RPG. Or visit us on the web at the dungeonmastersdojo.com. There you'll find links to all the above. Don't forget to email us and say hello. Thanks for listening. I'm ready now. You're an asshole. Like of Titanic proportions. <laughs> you guys take it easy on Lou. They don't hear since Lou edits, they don't they don't hear like the torment. They don't. He cuts it all out. Yeah. He just leaves your bits in so you sound yeah. so sound it's like, like no, a, now a, I'm the bad guy. a demonstrative now, ass. Now I'm angry, Amber fucking Heard, right? <laughs> now I'm Amber Heard. No, you're not because you don't look he's, like he's her. He's Johnny Depp. <laughs> he's like, I'm just buying my own business. And Scott's being mean to me. Are you ready to start, sir? I'm, I'm ready. This is all staying, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's our teaser this week. <laughs> Why drink? Yeah, you you killed yours. I'm, I'm gonna stick with juice today. <laughs> okay, yeah, probably need to detox. Okay, shall we start? That's why Lewis has a liver the size of a football. <laughs> Three, two, one. Got that fatty liver. Like, We're like, trying to make a podcast like, here, like John Goodman, <laughs> if he was a liver. <laughs> it's sitting up in Lou. <laughs> Can't handle all this booze. All right. What are you waiting for? Let's go. This week, we're traveling the multiverse. It's our look at Morton Kanan Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. This week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Excellent, Lou. And how about yourself? Eh, I'm a little tired today. How was your weekend? A little bit of I took a beating. Did you? <clears throat> Did you? Yeah. Hi, Lou. Oh, I didn't see you over there. How could... How? <laughs> You've been testing me all day. Hi, Scott. Hi, Bill. I missed you, buddy. I missed you, too. I, I was missing Lou for a while there. You get over it real fast. Yeah. You still missed me. Barely. <laughs> That's, he but you still do, see? He, he needs to just work on his aim. That's all. <laughs> I'll take you to the range. <laughs> yeah. Monsters are the multiverse. Yeah, we're a little late to the game. Um, but we're, we're doing other things. Well, I think it's also the way they put this out, too. Um, they sent it out in the bundle first, and I wasn't buying a bundle. No, no, no. yeah, no, they, neither they, was they, I. I. The money grab is bad enough when they're, they're churning stuff out on the treadmill left and right, but to throw it into a bundle so you had to get it and buy books you already had, um, I'm sorry, not for nothing, but yeah. I think it's a kind of a dick move. It was. I mean, granted, shame on you. Yes, I know. TSR there was some wouldn't have new, done that. <laughs> <laughs> there were yeah. some changes in the books, but I don't care about those changes. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. Um, it's it's great if 
you're getting into the game, and you're like, oh, man, look at this. There's a bundle right here. I'm going to grab that, and I'm going to get the new book. But um, Small percentage. Yeah, we, uh, we've been doing this for a while and have all those other books. It just didn't make sense. Not to us. Not to us, anyway. Nope. Um, I don't have enough time to read the books that I already got, let alone, like, reading them again. <laughs> so and I'm running out of room on the bookshelf. But I, I, I like Morning Canaan Presents, and I'm surprised. Look, I'm kind of been a bitchy I, I old man too. lately about the uh, the D and D books. But the minute I my eyes befell the epic fantasy looking cover, I was like, "All right, there we go." And now I have some like this is like fantasy. You got Ming the Merciless. <laughs> Riding on that on that unicorn with the Chris knife looking horn with with all the 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 Fu Manchu Kung Fu master like facial hair and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like the Vulcan unicorn. Was it a Kyrin? A Kyrin. A Kyrin. Yeah. 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 Okay. For just for those that don't have the book, they're going, "What the f is Vulcan he talking unicorn. about?" <laughs> Um, and a Vulcan ninja unicorn? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Which sounds the, pretty cool all by itself. That is the... Now, if you go all the way back to AD&D, the Kyrin did not look as, as, as badass or epic. It did not. Um, this is this is a, a, a sick-looking Kyrin. This is, like, badass. I, I went through the, the book. I, I didn't say I read it all the way through, but I did go through it kind of thoroughly. The artwork in this book, I like. Yes, they did a phenomenal job with the artwork in this. Now, I'm a little prejudiced. I like monsters more than I do like characters. So yeah, I enjoy... It's good, not going to surprise anybody. I, I, <laughs> I do enjoy um, a good depiction of a monster, and they've done a very, yeah. very good job in here. Yeah, they have. Um, I, I, love the, I love the artwork. I'm a big artwork person. I Part of what I really found attractive about... Second and 2.5 was um, Larry Elmore's artwork and uh, Jim Easley's artwork. Yes. Huge fan. And even the old, um, the old basic set in Expert had some really great, like, comic book artist style yeah. artwork in it that I really, really enjoyed, uh, um, particularly the colored pieces. Mm-hmm. Those were, like, really cool. Uh, it was just something about them. That I really like. So artwork really does it for me, you know, for my imagination, conjuring up the, you know, the world of D&D, the worlds of, of D&D. And I hope they're faithful to a lot of those monsters in the D&D movie because I would just love to see those kind of come, come to life. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about the movie. Uh, we'll see. It, it's got Chris Pine in it. So you know they're they're paying fan service to the uh, to the wives, you know of, of people our age. You know, are like uh, I don't want to go see your stupid movie. Why won't you go with Bill and Lewis? They like that dumb stuff. Um, but I could say Chris Pine's in it. Maybe you'll be doing push-ups or shirtless or both, and then you know, boom. Maybe maybe he'll you know there'll be some kind of scene where he's. Got his arm wrapped around the waist of some voluptuous woman and whispering sweet nothings in her ear. And 
Yeah. You know, if you want to imagine it's you, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, that's okay. And <laughs> whatever it takes to get them to go. Yeah. I'm, In my okay. case, I, you know, she has like the, the pay monthly kind of thing, get free tickets. I, I get to go for free. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we I have, I almost, I almost have to take her. We have that thing too. Um, I don't know. I still may end up going with you guys. <laughs> well, if it's good, more than one viewing will. Definitely yeah, be in yeah. order. It can't be any worse than the one with Jeremy Irons and that bald guy that wore lipstick. <laughs> if, yeah, no, look at <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie, the first one, yeah, you'll know. Go watch it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The high point was um, Jeremy Irons, who I love, and Tom Baker, yes. not as Doctor Who, but as like King of the Elves, which is something. I would never have imagined, but that's still, still pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to get my hands on the third one that was out in the UK. The book, the book of the damned. The direct-to-video ones were light years better than the one that went went to the movie theater. I went and saw that on opening day in Hadley. It was mobbed, mobbed, and I had to sit in the front row. Uh, we're like three rows from the front row, and I sat there with my head back the whole time so I could see what was going on <laughs> and walked out with a sore neck and pissed. Because they didn't have recliners back then either. They No, they didn't. The struggle was real back in our day. <laughs> we couldn't. We, we were lucky buy, if the seats were padded. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't go, <laughs> go online and, and, and prearrange your tickets, you know. And You uh, showed up in line and, and it, you, you weren't assigned seats. You got on there and you sat yep. where you want. First come, first serve. Now... Before we get going, because we always seem to, like... Digress. Yeah. Uh, but if you've ever done, like, any sort of, like, nerdy thing with a bunch of other nerdy people, like a convention or whatever have you, or waited in line for tickets or for the newest expansion of World of Warcraft, before, like, all these modern conveniences happened, you have no idea what it's like, right? <laughs> because you stand in these lines. Yep. And it's, like, all... All you smell is fart and B.O. when you have that many, like, nerds together. Um, it's the same thing at conventions. And 3-year-old stale Fungians and yeah. Cheetos. And uh, it's it's not easy. And, not like it is and the lines were long. You usually yep. sat out there for a while. People had lawn chairs. And the only attraction was like, dude, 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 count 35 people up. There's a girl. A girl? Old, she doesn't look happy, but man, yeah. I can't believe you talked her into coming. <laughs> yeah, wow. Girls come to this stuff? That was back when girls didn't do stuff like this. No. no. Um, now now girls are like all over, like everywhere you go. Equal share. Which is which is nice because I feel gypped. Oh, I was I was I was robbed. <laughs> um, totally robbed. Because it's a kiss of death when you tell a girl Oh yeah, I, I play D and D. You're like, what? You're one of those like weird. Yeah, I'm one of those weird people. But yeah, back then it was anyway. Yeah, it's just, and then she tells her friends who tell their friends, and yeah, you know, you 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 let it slip once, and the next 171 women, yeah, and, <laughs> won't, and then you won't even make eye contact. Yeah, you, oh God, he's looking at me. Really need to go get that girlfriend in Canada, and not just lie to your friends about it. <laughs> All right, Morning Canaan. Morning Canaan. Morning Canaan <laughs> brings us another book 
Monsters of the Multiverse. Um, and I like that. I love the. I know there's a lot of hate for it because people are like, I already bought all these monsters. You know, you're, you're ripping me off. But I hate going through a shitload of books to try to find that one monster that I remember being in a book, but don't remember what book it is <laughs> to find that monster. Um, and of course, first place I go is always a monster manual, right? But it's never there. It's always in some, it's in a, it's in a campaign. It's in, uh, one of these other like supplemental publications. It's, it's, it's never easy to find, but when they do stuff like this and they they, they do a book like, like morning Canyon presents monsters of the multiverse, then now all these, this is like a secondary monster manual. Yeah. And I like that. It's convenient. I know I can look in the monster manual. Now I can look in, in, in Morning Canyons. You're more likely to find it a little quicker. Yes. And I'm impatient in my old age. What? I've always been impatient. I've, I've, I'm more impatient in my old age right than, I, than I was before. Whereas I, I have the patience of Job. I can outweigh for a rock. Who, who told you that? <laughs> the rock. The rock. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else seems to disagree just a bit. So I do like this compilation. I've always enjoyed Monster Manual, Monster Manual 2, you know, all that. Lou does not. Lou does not. Lou. He, he's making faces and fidgeting because he wants to diss this book. No, well, he's got a face like someone just, like someone just made him a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Or dropped an SBD in the elevator, and they're all looking at him. Yep. Yeah. The elevator at the convention. That's only when you two are in there. They always look at the biggest guy. I'm safe. Scott? Not so safe. So what don't you like? I don't like the way they changed some of the the races, like the Cobalt. Yeah, I did notice that. They took away his uh, Draconic Roar. They did. They the gave th- him the sensitivity to light back. Yep. I did not like that. The other thing I that I guess it all depends. With this book, it really depends. If you have any of the books, then you're not gonna if you don't use the the some of the the things that are presented in the book because like the monsters now that it reminds me of innate abilities. Yeah. Because they don't call them spellcasters anymore. They right. don't cast. Correct. They just shoot them off. So what that actually does is it actually makes a couple of our Spellcaster spells worthless, like counterspell. You can no longer counterspell those. Because it's not a spell. Because it's not a spell. So you just killed, you know, a good lot. Of, and that's just one of the spells that I, I found. There's a couple others that are worthless now. Yeah. So you as a wizard or a mage, you know, if you're using this book, don't bother. You're relegated to fireballing everything. Yes. Do you think they're prepping for like a five point five exactly. six? Is yeah. that, yes, and that's what they're doing. And that, they're that, making that. That move was my that. feel for this and that, too. And that's that's for what the I got. changes yeah. that I see. Now I didn't go in quite as in depth as you, but I said okay, they're prepping for something. Um, they're also prepping. I think they're you're going to see something come out from um, the Underdark. Yep. If it isn't out there already, I'm not. I, I don't have my pulse on it like you do, Lou. But you can see in this book, the Underdark races have been. Expanded. Ex- yes. There's six a, a page, of, there's six pages yeah. on the Drow. There's four pages on the Dwegar. There's four pages on on the Deep Gnome. I mean, they really blew up all the all the deep races, and it's like okay, they're they're prepping something that's going to be one of the next it, things. They, so exactly my thought. My thought was more because we haven't seen innate abilities for a long time. For a long time, at least I didn't try three and four, so I haven't seen innate abilities since two and two five. Right. Yeah. 
you know, those are gone. And those were holdover from the advanced. Yes. Well, let's talk about these changes to the Cobalts and what you don't like about them and why. Why, why would you take away one of their greatest class features, the Draconic Roar? Yeah, that's one thing that I really liked that they did with the Cobalt. It gave them meaning. The, yeah. Yeah, in, instead of uh, – Cobalts were always – I mean, let, let's face it. The only reason Cobalts as a species have survived is because they – there's a ton of them. Yeah, they, right? they, they you, just, you need something for your warriors to beat up on. Right, they, they – they breed like wildfire, um, but they're easy easy to kill, you know, so there's nothing. They're just cannon fodder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But with the, the draconic roar, it, it makes them more than. It makes them a more viable race. It, it does, more well, than little teeny-weeny dragons. Well, yeah, it's just, it links them to the dragons. It's like, okay, I may not be a dragonborn, I may not be a dragonkin, but don't mistake, I am a dragon. Well, it's just like when you did, um, when we were playing the Acorn's Journey, you were yes. playing a Cobalt. Correct. And you used your Draconic Roar, which brought life to your character. Yes. Now, if you didn't have that, you'd just be another swinging. Yeah, I'd just, be, an, yeah, I'd just be another meat cleaver. Yeah. Go, with, so. with a pair of sunglasses. With a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, squinting yeah. a lot. Squinting a lot, yeah. Just, well, I have a wide brim hat. I'm good. Yeah, you're right. And, um, and I don't like the fact that they gave them the sensitivity to light back. Right? That's a holdover from the original first incarnation of it and it's it doesn't make sense yeah so, they don't dwell underground no for so, so like that nerf i thought was senseless now the nerf to like the aracocra and the unti i thought were very much in line i have to agree with you there because i did notice those as well yeah, with, the, yeah. with the reduction of flight speed right yes, yes. Talk about with right. the aracocra no, so that's enough uh, they were at, they were at a 50 now they were at a 30 or 40 i, can't I think remember. it's a, i think it's a 40 yeah well actually let me open the book aracocra is the very first one listed yeah, so, you know, that brings in more, that I can see. Uh, the UNT, which now a, they brought in line, so it is almost uh, league compliant because it doesn't have all those um, resistances anymore, yeah. like full magic resistance in some cases. Eric Corker's flight speed is equal to his uh, walking speed, which is 30 feet. Yep. So, yeah, they, they, they nerfed him quite a bit, and they probably did the same on the other. Yeah, and I don't know if that makes sense either. You know, and I think about it, it's like, okay, I mean, for for game mechanics, yeah, I get it, but your walking speed depends on a lot of different things. You know, I think it depends on, um, you know, having to maneuver around other things, other people, terrain, um, landmarks, that, that sort of thing, walking upstairs, whatever have you. There's not a lot you have to maneuver around other than air currents if you're a flyer. Yeah, so right. if, if I'm going to play a flyer now, I'm going to play an owlkin. Because they have a lot more benefits now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, because now they just, yeah, the fly speed is the same, but I can wear thick up to medium armor and I'm silent. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least he had the speed behind him. Right. Yeah. You know, so taking that away, I mean, I understand it. I, yeah. That but, one's kind of, you know, still. But they could have found, fallen somewhere in the middle. Exactly. A 35, a 40, you know, tweak it all a little bit. I mean, because I'm sorry, you, oh, I'm going to go no power dive. Okay, you're still, you're falling at the same rate that this guy's walking across the exactly. ground. It, it didn't make sense. And I think as a, I think in a, in a homebrew world, I would definitely, I don't think I'd give them the, the anything more than a 35 or 40. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's. I or, think a, or on a flat plane, give them 30 because of their size yep. and weight. Uh, but in a dive, I'd let him go up to forty on a dive. Yep. And and but you need to give you need to get your your uh, elevation first. Yep. 
it's you know when you do stuff like that now you give them that race meaning again yeah yep yep you give them something that no one else has and let's yep. say they're doing a fantastic job of homogenizing everything so pretty soon you're just going to p- be playing character a b or c yep and this one has a little bit of magic, more more arcane magic. This one has a little bit more divine magic, and this one hits a little bit harder. And that's what they're eventually going to end up at. You're going to have because your human, in, elf, and dwarf. Yeah, and they're going to be they're going to look almost the same, and they're going to act almost the same. They're going to have the same traits and same skills because I think they're they're trying to please too many people by saying, "Well, anyone can be anything," which is all great. But I'm sorry, but if if you are inherently three feet tall, you are not going to be a long jumper. Right. Okay. It just isn't going to happen. Yeah. And I, I and, and but oh no, we're going to give him abilities so he can. Why? Stop. I think that I think in the effort to be um, inclusive, and they they do a disservice to the different. See, they're treating them like races, and they're not. They're species, right? Yeah. Species have unique aspects to them, which, which makes for a rich D and D environment, well, right? You, so you, you, the the blending of cultures, right? Based on species, yeah. So you you have a D and D from the time it was created was a very diverse environment. Yes, because of the the different different species that lived in like the D and D world. Um, so let's not like lose sight of that, right? I mean, the, the the fact that the game has a multitude of different species from elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings, you know, hip. Um, Totally, I totally lost the hippopotamus guy's names. Gith Yankee? Gith Yankee. Gifts? No. Gifts. Yeah. Um, Gith Yankee's not the same thing. Gift. That's different, but still spell jammer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a, a, a naturally diverse environment. The, the, the players have not been diverse, but the environment has been diverse. Correct. Um, now we have both, right? We have diversity amongst the players, which is a wonderful thing to see. We still have that diversity in the D&D world or worlds, uh, whichever ones you're playing in. Um, but when you, when you homogenize like this, you lose wonderful opportunities for role-playing and to flavor your game, right? Can you imagine going to an Aarakocra city? You know, what would that look like? Not a bunch of birds' nests up on, you know, power lines, but probably up on a mountain, vast networks of There wouldn't be a lot of stairs. Tunnels. Yeah, there'd, there'd probably be no stairs. At least you not from the ground level. You fly there. Yeah, you have to go right? up 40 feet. Maybe once you're up 40, 50 feet, that's different. You know, to get from one, one room to the other. I mean, you're not going to fly from one room to the other. There would definitely be stairs, but not from the ground level. Right. So, the, you know, and what would their culture look like? And what you, So you lose good storytelling opportunities when you when you homogenize and I certainly hope this this isn't what they're doing but from what I've seen it seems like they're they're moving it to that that place where it's everybody everybody's equal and everybody's the same and no I don't want everybody to be the same I want everybody to be different I want 
all these different cultures to be different from one another because it adds for wonderful storytelling elements. You know, yes. I want their innate abilities to be different because that's what makes them unique as a species. And, and that gives that lends to a great deal with, with, with storytelling, with the campaign, with interacting with other player characters. It's a, it's a terrible shame. And I certainly hope they don't do this. Well, it, they seem to be doing it and it gets to the point where in the name of inclusiveness, they're giving everyone, everyone else's abilities to the point where, if everyone's special, no one's special. Yep. And I think that's where it's going. And I'm and I'm sad to see that. Yeah, when everybody could do the same thing, no one is special at all. Right. There's nothing unique about you. You're just You're you basically you're wearing a shell. Yep. Different different shades. So of so color. you might as well ju- jump into an MMO and just change your skin yep. from from one species to the next. Nothing else changes. Just your skin, and that seems to be the way they're going. Once again, they're heading towards the world of MMO. Which someone walk down sucks, to the yeah. programmers and line up all the 21 years old and slap them in the back of the head and tell them not to shit off. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group, but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. At least that's how I'd do it. But then again, I'm old and, and don't you care what do anyone that thinks. You can't work anymore. What? Yeah, you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. You can't. I was told that by HR. Yeah. And they're right. You can't. That's I not, slapped them. That's not, in the back of the head. In the back of the head. So that's, yeah, that's my rant on that. Um, back to Mordekins. <laughs> we commented on how cute the grung were. Yes. Um, Lou was playing a, a grung for, yeah. our, for Acorn's Journey, and um, his grung is nowhere near as cute as the ones in the book. No, I tried to make him as cute as I could on the uh, the mini, and uh, he's still fuck ugly. Um, <laughs> but there's no mistake that he's a grung. No, no there's, there's not. He's just not as cute. He's, he's not some, an adorable grung. Those are some cute grung. Like, I would, I would buy grung action figures just to, like, Hold on to him and all, all the all the eleven to fourteen year old girls and go. Oh, yes. look at the grung! Yep, I want a plush one. <laughs> I don't blame them. I get a plush grung. They're, that's they're it. cute as hell. They're adorable. Yep, they'll poison the shit out of you if you try to hug them. But they're, yeah, yeah, but they're just, cute. Yeah, don't kiss your grung. I do like what they did with the stat blocks, though. They kind of 
took a lot of wording out that didn't unnecessary wording. Yeah, redundant. Yes. Yeah, he took so a lot of the redundant they, they stuff out. They refined it a little bit better. So and it, yeah, the stop block are easier to read, yep. make more sense, and they're not redundant. Well, what not else? as redundant. Yeah, and what else they did is a lot of these now don't if, like you drow. We'll go with the drow or some other races. Yep. They used to always say evil. Now they say typically. Typically, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what they may be because they know you, you know, for character story growth. You could be any alignment. So now you it's can. exactly. I've I've never I've never much cared for alignment anyway. Um, I I use alignment in my games as as kind of like punishment. <laughs> I never punish. Um, <laughs> he reeducates. <laughs> yeah. I I use it as like parameters. Yeah, this is how like I, I behave most of the time. Right. Yeah. Tendencies. Yeah, Tendency. because I, I tend to be. Well, people normally don't play by alignment. They usually play by what they, what the what the table's putting in front of them. Yeah. You know, so if your table's if your table's typically going to play good, you're more likely going to be a good player on the good side. Yeah, good-ish. Good, yeah, yeah, typically. But if you're if everybody's playing, you know, more on the evil side, you're going to be a little bit dickish. Why did you look at me when you said that? We won't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I like that. I think it makes I think it makes sense. Um you know, in my game there's there's some things that are just irredeemably evil. Yes. And that's the way it is. It, and it, some that are that are always good. Yes. Um, to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. Lawful good. The, and the thing is if you play a lawful good alignment well, sometimes you're as much of an asshole as a as a as a lawful evil character is. I know right. it is when I play a paladin. Yep. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, lawful good doesn't mean that you're a great guy to be around. You know, sometimes you're dickish, the biggest asshole in the group. You know, even more so than the you know neutral evil rogue <laughs> or the assassin. I found a monster in here I do not like, which is the rat, the brain rat swarm. I, I briefly read that, and I thought it was pretty cool, to be <clears throat> honest. A swarm of rats with psionic power? <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck is that? Yeah, that's the rats. They're rats. Yeah. Rats. So, see, I rats. specifically asked for that, and they, so if you write them, people, they will listen. They, yeah. Um, <laughs> I need this to piss off DM Bill. I, I read rat. Okay, rat. I went, what? Rat swarm. Okay, rat swarm. I didn't gonna, write that. What, what, that was my dream. Yes, what, what, what exactly? Being in our actual play campaign next year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll see if they kill Bill's character. I mean, all in all, they did do a good book. I just don't like yeah. what they did to some of the races. Yeah. But again, you don't have to use right. everything like this. If you have exactly. the old books, like if you have the uh, Mordekane's Tomophobes, uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters, you have all the original stat yeah, blocks. You're just as viable there. Yeah, because yeah. they are pretty much... Um, everything from here is from those two books and maybe one other one. Yeah. Yeah. So you already have them if you have those books. Right. Which apparently we all do. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now the a couple of things that caught my eye that I really did like. They put all the playable races in the front. Yes. Instead of searching them through the book like all the others. They blended in, in alphabetical order, some of the classes along with the monsters that are throughout the book. That's nice. I like that as well because it gives you, this is a generic class that you can use as a foe because monster doesn't necessarily mean 
it's going to be an aberration right. or a monstrosity yeah. or an you know or or something like that. It's an opponent. It's an opponent. Yeah. All right. So they they put them in there, uh, which is very nice. The part I like probably the best is the index in the back. They broke down the list of monsters first. Um, if I recall correctly, oh, let me flip it. Through. No, yeah, I think you're right. Yep they 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 broke it down by. Um, now I got to flip to the back because I want to get the order correct because someone's going to yell at me for not having it right. Uh, the monster list stat blocks by creature type. So you have your aberrations, your beasts, your celestials, constructs, elementals, fiends. So all your fiends are together, all your humon- that is humanoids. Nice. So even though it's not together in the book, you have a quick reference in the back. Um, they break it down to monstrosities and oozes and undead and yada, yada, yada. Then they broke the, everything down by stat block by challenge rating that's uh, yeah wicked helpful yep wicked helpful i mean all the way up to like challenge very, very you know, helpful. 26 uh, for zero to, you know, yeah for dms it's 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 extremely i need something helpful. for my table and i know i gotta go with a challenge rating three what do i have there it is all listed yep bang and then they do the stat blocks by environment so you can break it down to that as well, and it lists by your CR and then your creatures. So you have a couple different ways to get to your your the monsters. The best part of the book, hands I think, down. I think that part. is the be- the appendix is probably the best part of the book. I and it and it's funny, you know, thirty years ago, I give a shit less about the. I don't even know what the appendix looked like in any of the other editions of D anD D because I didn't have time to look at that. I wanted to flip through the book. And read about all the monsters and everything. Now that I'm older, <laughs> I appreciate a quality index. Um, yeah. And that's probably a sign that you're old. <laughs> uh, you like Lorna Dune shortbreads and a good, well-set-up index. <laughs> and a good cup of Earl Grey tea. A nice guy. If it's good enough for Captain Picard, it's good <clears throat> enough for me. Sweet. No cream. Yes. I... I like the overall. I like the book. There is it are, worth it? I'd say yes. That's debatable. It, it's not part of. I I see where you're going to yeah. go. If you have right? the, the the volos and um, if you have all the other versions, then is it worth it? Probably not. Yeah. But if you do not have all the other versions, or to Scott's point, if you want a quick reference to a bunch of monsters, you are not likely, or I'm sorry, I should say opponents, you're not likely to use. There's a lot of very different ones. They did a nice job they of did. skimming through yep. and get the least popular. Now, there's some of the most uh, bugbears in there. Yep. All right? They have some. But there's an awful lot of stuff in here that I haven't seen in a while. It's like, whoa, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen. So they did a pretty good job of kind of you know digging some stuff up. And I like the way the, it's set out. The stat blocks, as you mentioned, are much easier to read. The, the appendix in the back is worth gold. The fact that you put playable races in the front, I think the layout of the book altogether is good. And I'd say, yeah, yeah thumbs up. I think it's worth it. I do, too. I do, and I own all the books. But because it's a nice, easy book to find what I'm looking for and they're all in there, it's, it's, it's well worth it for me as a DM. For me, it's still debatable, and only because, like I said, it, it brings a lot of changes to the game. If you're yeah. if you're not really prepared to like use the creatures as is, because now it's no longer a casting ability. Now you just made some of your casters, some of their current spells worthless. That's and that's where it gets really hard to to say. Yeah, you know, I I would definitely say it's worth it, 
when I see more of what they're coming to put out because I know there's more behind this book. Yeah, and, and it, you can act very easily see that they're leading in a direction. Yep. yep. They're leading in a direction by the, the type things that are in there. So, um, And I just have to mimeograph the backside of one page, of one blank page in my book, after I rip out the page with the damn rats. Um, people are going to be like, what the hell is a mimeograph? Um, I'm, I'm you could probably uh, go uh, to a museum and see one. <laughs> Smithsonian. It's, yeah, it's what I, it's, it's in it's the corner a, over there. Yeah, it's it's what a copier machine used to be, uh, but it probably I think he used like toxic chemicals, which um, smelled awesome. Smelled awful and, and awesome, awful. I, I love the mimeograph high. You like stale black licorice though, um, <laughs> and everything was like in blue. Um, yes. And that was used by teachers back back in the old days. If you were lucky enough, you could run off your character sheets on the mimeograph. <laughs> I had a lot of blue character sheets from the AD and D. I'm sorry. I need to scan and copy the backside yes, of, the, of that. Uh, much better. Okay. Lou's holding up cards so I can read them, um, so <laughs> yeah. I can sound pertinent and and the, and uh, know what I'm talking about. Up to date. Up to date. Uh, yeah. So yes. I will scan and copy the backside of that page. And I'll put some other piece of artwork on the other because I can click and paste. He's, again, he's holding up cards. Um, and then Cop- fill it so I won't copy, have a blank page. Copy and paste. But <laughs> yeah, copy, okay. Uh, <laughs> click, click, yeah, oh, yeah, I was close. Um, I should put my glasses on. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Bill's got a bird that, that hammers images into stone for him. <laughs> Not his middle finger either. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Mordecai Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.